Today, we are going to talk about if we think PseudoSwap is the future model for NFT exchanges. So do you know about this? I do. I do. I'd love to hear your thought. I do have an opinion on this. Okay. So let me give you a high level on, on PseudoSwap. So basically, OpenSea is kind of the, the well-known NFT marketplace. You have Magic Eden as well. The thing is with OpenSea, it is not fully decentralized. That's one thing. The second thing is listings have to be adjusted manually. You have to wait for someone from the other side to buy from you. Now, PseudoSwap solves a couple of things, and I'll, I'll give you kind of the high-level benefits. They're, they are a decentralized marketplace, I should say. Um, so A, the fees are lower. So a lot of people in the NFT space are trading, right? And if you're trading naturally, you just want lower fees. Like it's, it's kind of a no-brainer to move over there. The other thing, which we'll talk about in a second, is we'll talk about the next episode more in detail, is on the topic of creator fees. They actually don't pay out creator fees. The other thing is everything is completely on chain, right? So you can actually see all the data that's happening. Trading's done through liquidity pools, meaning that you can quickly liquidate your NFTs instead of having to wait for someone else to buy. If you run a liquidity pool, you can kind of set your own rules. The main thing here is that yesterday, as of this recording, this is in the middle of August, 2022, they did $2 million in sales yesterday alone. That's 14% of the daily market share versus OpenSea. They added over 10,000 users and have traded over 60,000 NFTs on its platform. So that is the high level I'm setting the stage. And then now I'll kick it over to Will. The question about whether this is the future model with 0% kickback to creators, I think that this is the future model, but it's not going to be one all and for all. I think that the market tends to swing towards and, and solve for inefficiency. So clearly there's an inefficiency in the marketplace where people feel like that creators don't deserve royalties. But at the same time, I believe that as we continue to expand, I feel like that there are going to be different platforms created for different types of collectors, different types of users. For example, I feel like that there is still going to be a marketplace for, let's say, Super Rare. That's not going to change. They're still going to be charging the royalties for kickback to the artist because I feel like that for the right collectors that want to support artists and they want to support the whole Web3 ethos, they will use Super Rare instead of PseudoSwap. So I think ultimately there is going to be a marketplace created for many different types of users out there. And as more and more people come in, this is what's going to be the future. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page here. I mean, this is another solution. There is no winner take all in this space. You know, I never thought OpenSea was just going to win completely. Super rare. There's a model for that. And then there's a model for OpenSea. There's a model for PseudoSwap, right? And I think, again, we'll address the creator royalties thing in, in the next episode. But I think it's interesting. I think they're innovating. And this is, I, I don't think we necessarily need another marketplace, but this is innovation on the marketplace. I think what we do need to see in Web3 is more innovation than what we've seen in the last two years or so. But we'll save that for another episode. That is it for today. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and we'll catch you later.